Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are super pumped to be with you today. We have a fall camp preview. We're talking some more BYU football talk. It is absolutely incredible. It is the time of year for BYU football. And then we have a Pac-12, 11, 10, Pac-X, question mark, preview. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have a lot of stuff to make fun of, a lot of content there. Before we get into the episode, make sure you give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal2RoyalPod. And check out Jared's Twitter at JaredBuckeye, where he is reporting some news that he's been working on with his internship. Without further ado, let's get to it. Let's, I mean, bull, I guess. Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over here, that's right! Let's back this bull up. Let's go wild, Welcome back! Thanks, Sam Ellinger. <laughs> yes, Texas is back this year, baby. Uh, I'm, I'm on the train. I'm still going to have to disagree with you on that one. <laughs> BYU's back, though. BYU is back. Mm-hmm. Back at fall camp. Yes, they are. And I was back at fall camp practice. Look at you, Jared. Yeah, I know. I'm moving up in the world. He's growing really. up right before our eyes. Yeah. Lowly intern, but it's great. I love it. You're on the field, man. It doesn't matter what position you are. Right? Just as long as you're getting playing time. Kickers are people, too. Exactly. I'm, I'm just the kicker of the journalism industry. What would Pat McAfee say? He'd be proud of you. True. True. Thanks, Pat. I appreciate all the compliments that you're giving us through us. Um, anyway, let's do a little fall camp update because um, I got some stuff to say all right. about about fall camp. So, we noticed there were a couple players we didn't see out there. Yes. Down Hoker, Gunnar Romney. Uh, Tukuafu was now there, but A-Rod in his post-camp press conference, uh, which you can find on Gregory Bell's Twitter, mm-hmm. and the interview with Clark Barrington you can find at my Twitter, at Jared Buckeye. There you go. Mm-hmm. Moving up. My first tweet ever, I think. Anyway, um, he said that they're keeping some players out, and he said you'll see it through the rest of the camp as well, that... They will be rotating some players in and out, giving them days off, trying to keep them healthy. Um, they feel pretty confident in the ones right now because a lot of it is returning production. So don't be too worried if you don't see somebody or you get the the classic cryptic tweet that somebody isn't practicing um, because that is going to be normal moving forward, trying to avoid all of the injuries. That was hilarious. But before I move on, I just want to say Loyal to Royal Pod just retweeted Jared's Tweet. So he's got two retweets now. Look at Let's you, go. Jared. I think that's more retweets than we've ever gotten. So <laughs> shout out to you. If you want to check out the interview, make sure you check out Jared's Twitter page or Loyal to Royal Pod, where you can find him and follow him. Yes. I think it was really interesting. You know, Gunnar Romney, especially being held out of practice, people are really worried about him because he has had health issues throughout the year. Yep. And literally the day before he get held, he gets held out. They post a video of him making a diving catch. You know, some are arguing that it's not a catch. Dude, who cares? It's fall camp. Why are you getting into the nitty gritty? Anyway, makes an incredible diving catch and is like all on the ground getting rolled over and everything. Lands on the ball. Lands on the ball. So, like, I see a bunch of people commenting like, 
Keep, don't get him hurt. Don't get him hurt. <laughs> and the next day, we get a tweet right at the beginning of practice that he's not there. But then we're, we're glad that A-Rod was able to clear things up. I think it's an extremely smart strategy. There's not, Especially like your super experienced guys that already know the offense, that already know how to do things, that don't need to gel as much with the quarterback because they have so much experience with the quarterback. There's no reason to have them practicing every time. Keep them healthy. Get them ready for week one. Let's blow the doors off USF. Yes, absolutely. And I think the focus should definitely be there. And I do like that the players beneath them are getting more reps. For yes. for instance, Braden Cosper and Chase Roberts, they're kind of like the fourth man, I guess, of the wide receiver room. They're both really good. I think they could be really sneaky good players today. Chase Roberts had a very deep bomb Landed right in his pocket. He had just right? a little bit of se- of separation. Yeah, for a touchdown. So I would look out for them. Braden Cosper, number 20 this year. Chase Roberts, number 27. Watch out for them come fall. I actually really like Chase Roberts. I watched a couple interviews with him on Media Day and all that. Chase Roberts is a great wide receiver. He has great highlights for coming back from high school. He's been hurt on and off, but he's finally healthy this year. I think Chase Roberts could be a legitimate like a legitimate threat in our wide receiver core. Mm-hmm. So our wide, our wide receiver core is looking deep. Yeah, I was a little worried coming into the season because, like, obviously Gunnar Puka are huge. Yeah, Keanu Hill is really one good. Two. Keanu yeah. Hill's right there. Yep. Um, but I was a little worried about the people behind them, right? Because, you know, this is BYU. Players get injured all the time. Yeah, for Death whatever reason. tested every year. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm feeling a lot more confident now that I've seen them play. Um they're, they're doing really well. Especially the way our tight ends are playing as well. Holker's looking like a beast. Yes. Every single day he's looking better in practice. Isaac Rex should be ready for week one, according to A-Rod. That's a huge get. You know, <laughs> he looks big. Like he, he, yeah. he did not slim down this summer. He bulked <laughs> up. And he bulked up. I don't, he, he's not looking muscly. He hasn't done his cut yet. He hasn't done his cut yet. <laughs> He's still looking big and plump. He's which, rehabbing from an injury. Exactly. So he's got exactly. the baby fat. Or Exactly. But honestly, no, I think our wide receiver core is going to be incredible this year. Also, our DB core, friend of the program, Gabe Judy Lolly, I think you got to see him a little bit today, right? Yes, he was actually in another one of those post-practice interviews. He's tall, man. I didn't realize it. Like, obviously, we did it over Zoom. Right. We didn't see him. Dude, he's 6'2", 185, almost 190. So he's not, like, thick. But for a corner, you don't exactly no, need to think. But he's long, got big reach, really tall. So I, I'm really liking that. I, I think that's he's got a great body for a corner. Yeah, and for context for the listeners, corners are not big. Corners are never tall. Like having a six two corner is an anomaly. That's huge. It's not something normal. Yeah. If you have a corner that is six foot two and can still pivot his fit, his hips, still pivot his <laughs> hips and move his feet the way that Gabe Judy Lolly does, that is incredible. That is a diamond in the rough. That is a gem. We love Gabe Ludi Lolly. I'm talking all over myself right now. We love Gabe Judy Lolly on this podcast. He's a friend of the program. He's going to be an incredible addition this year. He is listed as a backup right now, but as we know, corners get moved around so much. It depends yeah. on the coverages they're playing, the wide receiver that they're playing. I'm pretty sure he'll be an interchangeable one and two. Yeah, and it's also day four of camp, so I'm sure they haven't nailed down the, oh, yeah, of course. the depth chart. Uh, just for some uh, context, one of the best college uh, DBs I ever saw was Jeff Okuda mm. at Ohio State a couple years ago. He's six one, and so Judy Lolly has good size for a corner. He's got next level size. Um, next thing, uh, 
Conover, he's getting a lot of playing time. They're running a lot of the twos and threes, which personally I like, yeah. you know, because one, you rest the ones, but two, you're getting experience for those guys. So if your depth is tested, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Dude, Conover throws missiles. He zips the ball. Like, <laughs> he threw a couple slants and a post today. Oh my gosh. It's like Taysom Hill, but Conover's trying to do it. It's not that he can only throw zippers, you know? It's it's awesome. <laughs> Nothing against Taysom. I love him. But, yeah, but Jacob Conover, he's got an arm, dude. He has got an arm. I think that's been what like why BYU's high on him. Because he's got that arm. He can throw the deep ball. I've seen highlight after highlight of him in fall camp throwing the deep ball and hitting the wide receivers. So far, he's not as accurate as we want him to be. So that's kind of what they're working on in fall camp. And if they can get him to be accurate with that cannon of an arm, he actually will do a pretty good job helping us transition into the Big 12, assuming that Jaren, like the very safe assumption that Jaron Hall does not come back yes. this year. It would and, be bad if he came back. Yeah, like we do not want him to come back. We love Jaron Hall, but we want him to have a great year this year and, and go, go get that back. Yep. Go get paid, baby. Yep, absolutely. Um, and Conover, A-Rod said today as well, Conover is a clear two. Good. So, which, which is great because the last couple of years where he's been in the program, like first year he was getting like fourth reps, you know, yeah. if any at all. And last year he was getting third team reps behind Jaron and Baylor. Now he's getting all of the two reps, which is huge for his development. And right. I think we'll see more development from him. And he's getting pushed by Cade Fennigan too. I heard that Cade Fennigan is a relatively close three and Soljay is there as well doing Soljay stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. He's a good competitor is what I've heard. Exactly. It's important to have that depth. You know, yeah. Not every quarterback is going to see playing time. Fingers crossed that they don't. Really, you only want your one to see playing time. Yep. Heaven forbid that injuries occur. So we're glad to have all these guys on the team. They're doing great. But you said, Jared, that while you attended, a few things caught your eye. Yes. Uh, one thing in particular, and let me tell you, it's hard for him not to catch your eye because this man is massive. He looks like... like you know when they say bowling ball for a running back? Yeah. But it's kind of just turned into like, oh, he's a bowling ball. Like, he's a good power back. Nah, dude. Mason Wake is a bowling ball. Dude, he's thick. He is. He's thicky. Huge and solid. Today they ran a little trap play and Tyler Batty's coming off the end. And Mason Wake just comes over as the pulling like tight end position. Absolutely demolishes Tyler Batty. Huge pop of the pads. We're up on the observation deck. You could hear the crack from up there. Oh and, and then Tyler Batty's like pissed and they're grabbing onto each other's face masks and like shoving each other and like people had to break them up. But it was, it was manslaughter. Like <laughs> it was wild. Let me tell you, if you're worried about them fighting, fall camp has not begun until the offensive line and defensive line start getting in the fist fights. Yes. It just happens. Like that, It's just in their nature. They're violent. They hit people every single play. They don't like losing. They don't like getting manhandled like Mason Wake manhandled them. Yep. The fight is encouraged. We love it. We love the competitive spirit. Let's keep it going. And I would love to see Mason Wake pulling and knocking heads off all year long. Now, with his bowling ball body, I'm sure he's not going to be hurtling quite as much. But who knows? Maybe he will. Hey, maybe he'll take off some heads that way too because <laughs> their necks won't be able to support the impact. I just I like that he has that in his arsenal, right? Yeah. So because of guys like try and just go at his feet because he's freaking three hundred and ninety pounds. That's not how much he is, but like 
he's big, you know, he's then big. he can go over him. But I just want to see a corner or safety be like, this guy hurdles. I got to go high. And then, <laughs> and then boom. just get wasted. Because <laughs> I'm excited to watch Mason Wake because I think we're going to use fullbacks more, right? Yeah. Because we have Mason Wake, who's definitely, I would say, more of a fullback than a tight end. Right. And then yeah. you have Houston Haymooley, who's also a solid, real fullback. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see how they use them this year. And oh, even if we could just get some good blocks out of him, bro, it's that's football. He's a real football guy. Dude, big blocks are one of my favorite things to watch in a football game. People are always watching the wide receivers, the touchdowns getting scored or whatever. But when you see like a perfect crack block or you see a perfect – I guess crack blocks are technically illegal now. But you see a perfect pancake block, there's nothing more beautiful in a game of football than a 300-pound man throwing another 300-pound man <laughs> – a foot in the air and onto his back. Oh, there's nothing like it. <laughs> Speaking, oh my goodness. Speaking of, have you seen any of the videos of Jordan Travis in training camp? Oh for my the goodness. He looks like he's playing with second graders. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it is absolutely ridiculous. You know, like those SNL skits where they have, like, you know, I'm seven or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He's it, okay. We're not talking about Jordan Travis, though. We're talking about BYU football. As the day, as, as the season approaches, I get more and more excited every single day. Yeah. From the time this episode drops, there's only 25 days till BYU kicks off in Tampa. Yep. Me and uh, Kinley actually left for Arizona over the weekend. We left. Uh, I left on Friday night. She had there, been there a day before. Um, but we were just there over the weekend. Come back Sunday night. Come back. Find out my dad has watched like four BYU football games. <laughs> so I think he's feeling the itch too. Let's Kevin. go. So yeah, we're getting close. We're getting close. There's officially uh, 25 days from when this is coming out. 25 days until BYU kicks off. Until BYU kicks yes, off. That's 18 right. 18 days until the season kicks off. Let's go. 18 <laughs> days, man. Are you kidding me? That's wild. I was actually reading up on week zero stuff. And you know that Hawaii rule we were talking about last time? Yeah. They implemented week zero as an opportunity for teams to play a 13th game instead of having to schedule a 13th game. And like you could have that by as a travel week for Hawaii. Okay. So, like, it was kind of born out of the same rule, mm-hmm. but not all teams, like, utilize it in the same way. Right. But the article I was reading said that it was originally intended for that as well as having more marquee matchups. And yet we're getting the best game of the day is Nebraska-Northwestern. In Ireland? <laughs> hey, don't don't you dare rag on Austin, PA, Western Kentucky. True. First game of the First season. First game of the season. It's Gotta always the best game of the season. Give them something for that. But uh, I am oh excited for goodness. week zero, even though there's not going to be like a ton of, you know, quote unquote marquee matchups. It's football. I think it's going to be fun. Only 18 days until that kicks off. Make sure you're keeping an eye on the Instagram and Twitter because there will be a lot more interactive, fun content. We'll be asking you a lot of questions and we want your responses. We want to build this, com- this, this community. So make sure you're giving us a follow and participating at Loyal2RoyalPod on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget Jared on Twitter too, at Jared Buckeye. Absolutely. Um, well, we have a very special preview for you today because it is yet again one of those conferences where the number does not match the number of teams. Hmm? Yes. Either way you look at it, it is either the Pac-12 with 10 teams or the Pac-10 with 10 teams. Oh. So, basically, we're going to the Western, the Western Conference, the Western Hemispheric Conference of college football. Does anybody care about the Pac-12? Pac-10? Uh, I mean, Pac-11? Average? See, that's what I mean. I don't, what do you call it? I don't know. 
let's just call it the pack. The pack? Okay. The pack X. The pack X. The pack X. Does anybody care about it? The television networks don't. The, uh, the pack X network. You can't even find it. Yeah, what is the pack X network? I don't know. It's something you illegally stream. Yeah. Talk to Justin if you uh, need some help. <clears throat> Speaking of, dude, if the BYU Stanford game is on the Pack X network, I'm going to yeah, no, we're going. flip a shiz. No, we're, we're going to the game. <laughs> we're just going to go. We're, yeah, because we're not giving viewership to any sort of Pac-12 network. No. We're not buying it. No, that's for sure. I will drive you to Palo Alto, and we will go and watch that game. All right. Stanford will suck by then. The tickets will be like 15 bucks. Yeah. They'll be paying you to go see the game. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Then we buy a hot dog. That would be our price of admission. Go buy a hot dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take a picture with David Shaw so he can say that more fans are coming. <laughs> um, anyway, let's get into the Pack X preview, but after this quick ad. This episode of the Royal Strong and True podcast is brought to you by Tupperware. Oh. Specifically, Tupperware used to hold gummy bears while you are recording a podcast. Mm. Here on the Royal Strong and True Podcast, we love snacking. We love snacking during the podcast, but not <laughs> but not loud snacks that you can hear that ruin the audio. That's why we snack on gummy bears. But we can't reach into the bag. That'll make it all crinkly, and it will mess up the audio. So what do we do? We put it in Tupperware. Now, this Tupperware is some strong stuff, okay? It's like that Napoleon Dynamite Tupperware that you can put under the car and run over but it actually will not break <laughs> next time you need a device for which to eat your gummy bear silently try tupperware done well uh that was something that was good that was well, a good ad we've had quality ads lately yeah we'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsors if you would like to sponsor your own product on this show Rates are very, very extremely cheap. Just hit us up, DM us on Instagram and Twitter at loyal to royal pod. Yep. Just uh, you know what? Somebody out there listening could sponsor our next food challenge. Yeah. So when we go to McSticky's for me to shove my face full of disgusting, quote unquote, food, they'll buy it for us. Yeah. And then we'll shout them out on the podcast. They'll get tons of business inquiries. There you go. Therefore. Yeah, they're fourth. Okay, <laughs> let's move into the preview of the Pack X conference. Pack ten, Pack eleven, Pack twelve, whatever. The, I the like Pac the Pack X. I think it's good. Right, let's go with Pack X conference. So, as you know, the Pack X conference does have two divisions. It does have a North and a South division. Honestly, screw you, Pack X, for being the only ones that's not East and West. I know, right? Why, Come why, on, why, you why do you think have you're better than us? Directions. Come on now. Anyway, but this year. The championship will not be determined by the winners of the divisions. It'll just be the two schools with the highest conference winning percentage. But they're still going to play as if they were in divisions. It's a weird thing. The Pack x makes no sense. So the divisions essentially are only for scheduling purposes. Exactly. Only for scheduling. It's just like a 16 pod. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Weird. But the, the pod winners doesn't matter. Nope. Okay. Thank you, PacX, for having a stupid conference. Yep. Making it confusing for us to know yep. where you are. What North and South doesn't tell me anything. Nope. Go East and West, okay? I don't care that you're all on the Pacific seaboard. Yeah. Give me an East and West. Yeah. What the heck? Come on, guys. How am I supposed to figure it out? Yeah. Come on. It's not like these schools are just North and South of each other. These United States, we go East to West. Exactly. Utah, is that on the seaboard? 
I don't think Arizona. Should Arizona they State. Be? Yeah. Why is Arizona, Utah, and Colorado? Why are they in the Pac X conference? Could they be in the Pacific conference if they do no. not have any connection to the Pacific Ocean? No. Mm-hmm. But it would be heinous to include them in the Big Twelve. True. Just a, a crime against humanity. True. Yes. Like just because. Just because. Just because. Just because they're better than everyone. Just because they're red. Yep. That. Oh yeah. Well. True. I guess I don't know where you're going. On. Uh, no, I, I was, I was, that was a slight at Utah, I guess, but but we don't like Utah. Um, but we still we will, we want them in the Big Twelve. We don't like we, we don't want the Pac-12 in the Big Twelve though. No, 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 no. Just we we would like to extend a cordial invitation to Arizona and Colorado and Arizona State to come. Let us beat up on them mm-hmm. and Utah, so that they can play second fiddle to Big Twelve powerhouse Brigham Young University. Exactly. We are going to move into this Pac-10 preview. We are going to run through it as normally, but instead of giving you a preview of the team, we are going to tell you the last time this team was nationally relevant. And let me tell you, they're not They're not recent history. <laughs> it's not. You might have to, to pull out the uh, scrapbooks for these ones. Mm-hmm, that's the truth. So uh, we're going to cave to the Pac-X's geography, and we're going to start in the south, but we'll call it the east, and then we'll move west or north and finish there, if you can follow that. (laughs) Yes. Um, So we're going to start with Arizona. Justin, let's kick it off. All right. Arizona, their win total is set at two and a half. That should tell you the last time they were nationally relevant, and it wasn't soon. It was in 2014 when they went oh. 10 and 4 and lost in the Fiesta Bowl to Boise State. Not a Power 5 team. Not a Power 5 team. After that, the last time that Arizona was relevant was when Rob Gronkowski played for them in 2008. Wow. That's so crazy. That has been a while. And a gap between the two relevances as well. <laughs> well, good job, Arizona. You are still not nationally relevant. Nope. Uh, but yeah, you have a win total of two and a half. Uh, are you taking the over or the under here? I'm going to go over here. Oh! I think Arizona was an incredible one-win team last year. Very good. They were very good. They had a lot of close games. They lost a lot of dumb games that I think will flip their way. It's not necessarily the fact that I think Arizona is any better, but I do think the rest of the Pack x has gotten worse. Mm. So I do think they have an automatic win versus Colorado. Colorado is just yep. booty butt garbage. Uh, they have a toss-up with North Dakota State. FCS team, but honestly, they might lose that one. Yeah, they might lose that one. But then they have a few other toss-ups. I think they'll beat Arizona State at the end of the year because Herm Edwards will probably be fired at that point, or something weird will have happened. And you know they're good for one pack X after dark game. So yep. give me the over three wins for the Bearcats. All right, uh, I like this. I think the Arizona State game definitely a toss-up because at that point it's all up to Arizona State where they're at as yep. a program. They could be totally checked out at week six. Um, <laughs> North Dakota State is a toss-up for me. Why would you schedule North Dakota State? Dude, Why? They're, they're like the best 111 team. They're like, all right, we got some you know, some confidence moving in. Their non-con is at San Diego State. You're not winning that one. You get Mississippi State at home. You're not winning that one. And then you play North Dakota State, the reigning champion, or was it last year or the year before? The year before. Year before champion of the FCS. Yeah. That's that's brutal. And they play San Diego State in the inaugural game in San Diego State's new stadium. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Good night. Definitely. Good night. Um, so I have two wins on here. Um, I think NDSU is a toss-up. 
Mm-hmm. I think Arizona State is a toss-up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pencil it in as a win because right. who knows, right? Yeah. But I do think they'll beat Colorado. I think you can easily win at Utah. So, But I think two <laughs> wins is the ceiling. They were the best 1-11 team this year. They will be the best 2-10 win team this year. Give me the under, but I do like where they're headed. All right. Now tell me more what you think about Arizona State, the Fighting Herm Edwards, and the Sun Devils, or the favorite team of your wife. Yes. Win total set at six. So, uh, I feel, uh, what's the word? Marital, maritally? Marshally? Nope. Maritally, yeah. Maritally. Yeah. <laughs> Not marshally. Um, maritally obliged mm. to take the over here. Okay. I do own Sun Devil Apparel. I would consider myself a Sun Devil fan. Oh. Yes, they have one of the best walk-in entrances we went to a game last year one of the best walk-in entrances i've ever seen way better than cougar stadium yeah cougar stadium is honestly kind of lame it's kind of lame um let's let's see arizona state last was uh nationally relevant in let's see this maybe 2013 nope fat bowl loss maybe 2007 nope fat bowl loss to texas so that's that's even worse even worse um and let's go with 2014. It's a good year for the Arizonas, apparently. Yeah. Um, they went 10 and 3, and get this, they had a Sun Bowl victory. That's a Sun Bowl. High, high end. Bowl. Yes, prestige. That's what the Pac 12 is all about. Pac X, excuse me. Pac X, yep. Uh, and they beat ACC powerhouse Duke <laughs> in football. <laughs> the last time Arizona State was relevant, they beat Duke in a bowl game. <laughs> Uh, the Pac-12 probably touts that because Duke is also an academic institution. Oh, yes. Pac-12 yes. is all over that one. They probably hung a banner. <laughs> they probably did. Um, anyway, over-under set at six. This I know exactly how the season's going to go. And I'm sorry, Arizona State fans, father-in-law, my wife, her family, but this will be good for you. Mm. It'll be good. You're gonna go. Let's see, three and one to start the season. You're gonna be NAU, Eastern Michigan. You're gonna win. You're gonna beat Utah. You'll lose to Oklahoma State. Um, I think the wheels fall off after that. You lose to USC, Washington. Come home, uh, or after the bye, you lose at Stanford. You lose at Colorado. Herm Edwards gets fired. Everybody checks out, and you just coast. Like they say in Ted Lasso, you just play out the rest of the season in half-empty stadiums. Yep. Um, but I think it will be good for Arizona State because they need a new head coach. Um, and also, here's the kicker. If you're the Arizona State AD, before the season kicks off, read the tea leaves, impose a one-year bowl ban for yourself this year before you lose seven games or eight games. Do it now. Then you just have to sit it out anyway. And then you restart next year. Yep. Heck yeah. That's my ramble. So Initially on this, I had the over. I had two wins in non-con. I had them beating NAU and Eastern Michigan starting out the year two and four. At that point, though, I think Herm Edwards might get the boot. If not, at Stanford, he'll get the boot. So five of the seven wins that I had are in the last six games of the season. Mm. Then I started reconsidering. Herm Edwards will probably be fired by that point. Arizona State will probably have given up at that point. There's probably going to be some new NCAA investigation into Arizona State at that point. Somebody's probably going to show up to a game like drunk and partying Ooh. because that's what Arizona State does. Dude, actually, so, that would be a huge Because of that, I'm taking the under. <laughs> yep. That, and that Territorial Cup game at Arizona, that's a crapshoot. Oh. Arizona, Arizona's going to suck, but Arizona State at that point, like... 
like you said, dude, the team captains might just not show up for the game. Like Arizona's going to win that game. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm calling right now. Arizona will win that game. All right. We're both on the under then? Under. Under. All right. Next, let's head to UCLA. Justin, UCLA. UCLA. The last time that UCLA was relevant was that time that Josh Rosen got drafted. Promised the Arizona Cardinals that he would deliver them a Super Bowl. And then never went on to start more than a couple games in his NFL career. Nice! And I guess in 2014, back to 2014. What the? When they won the Alamo Bowl, very prestigious, versus Kansas State. Interesting. So, I mean... That's a <laughs> prestigious university. So, the last time UCLA was relevant was exactly, um, never. Their win total is <laughs> set at eight and a half. They got Kelly. He's doing some good things. Coach Kelly. Do you think they go over or under? Okay. I also... Okay, so... Hear me out. Hear me out. I'm taking the over, first Ooh, off. Okay. I know. And it's a little bit spicy. But, like, their non-con is pathetic. Yeah. Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama, and they're all at home. I think South Alabama's going to be good. I just... They, they Not don't have a shot. Yeah. yeah. They don't have a shot. Especially traveling all the way across the country. Yeah. Um, to play, like, a 9 a.m. local kick. <laughs> Because the Pack X is awesome. Um, Colorado, Washington, like, you probably win both of those. I don't know. Washington comes to your place, so mm-hmm. I think you have a leg up at least. Yeah. You're definitely going to beat Utah. You go to Oregon, you're probably losing that one. Stanford, Arizona State, Arizona, and Cal, those are all wins. USC at home, I think you're probably losing that one, but you'll at least have a fighter's chance. I know they're not going to go 10-2, and two, but the fact that I have 10 wins probable on here gives me faith that they're going to win at least 9. So I'm taking the over. Now that's really interesting that you say that you have 10 probable wins on there because I do not have that. Um, <laughs> I have a ceiling for this team of, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, of 9 games. Is okay. the ceiling. So just barely on the over. Just barely on the over. Do I think they'll hit the ceiling? No, the Pack X things always happen. DTR, I don't trust him to compete for 12 weeks straight. I'm going to go with the under on this one. I think 8-4 and four is the right number. I do think that they will be a decent team. They'll beat the teams they should beat. They'll lose to the teams they should lose to. And they'll have one dumb loss in there. That one dumb loss takes them to the under, in my opinion. Yeah, hey, I can totally see that. And let's be honest. What has Chip Kelly done at UCLA? Hmm... Has he done anything? He put on a visor. He put on a visor. He put on a visor. And he sent Sissy Blue packing. Yes, he did. But that's it. So, Next up, we got the University of Southern California, the Trojans, who everyone thinks is going to win the college football playoff all of a sudden just because they got a new coach in Caleb Williams behind the, behind the center. Their win total is set at a solid nine. <laughs> nine after not even making a bowl last year. That's awesome. Tell me, Jared, when was the last time that USC was anything close to relevant? Um, probably that one time where Pete Carroll, the gum chewer, mm-hmm. mind you, he used to coach at USC, and he wore a USC hat at a Seahawks practice that one time. Wow. Cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Nationally relevant? I think not. Nope. I don't know. Probably not. Or when Reggie Bush lost the fight with the NCAA about trying to get his Heisman back. 
<laughs> or that time Clay Helton was labeled as a good guy. Mm, or the one time Sark showed up to practice drunk. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or that time they lost in overtime to BYU at Provo. Oh, wow. And Keaton Slovis was the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Keaton other- Slovis, that time Keaton Slovis got rocked because he said at BYU, people were saying, Frick you, Slovis! <laughs> Slovis, you're stupid. <laughs> oh, we love you, Cougar Nation. Um, anyway, yeah, I would say the last time USC was actually relevant was 2005 in the Rose Bowl when they lost to Texas. Yep. So, good job, USC. You're officially back. You're back to being an overhyped nobody. <laughs> um, let me read you their uh, non-con, shall we? Rice. Uh, then they go to Stanford. Mm. That's a dub. Fresno State. I think that could be spicy. That's a spicy one. They do get Fresno State at home this time, though. Yeah, and I think USC is still, even though they're rebuilding a little bit, they got a bunch of new pieces, I still think they're on a different level. Um, but I I don't think they're going to be that national contender team, okay? okay? So I'm out on them. I'm not in on them like I am on Texas. Okay. But I'm still going to be on the over. Because here are the only two potential losses I see on the schedule. Notre Dame at home yep. and at UCLA. Mm. I think they can win. They can definitely beat Rice. You're going to win at Stanford. You're going to beat Fresno State. You probably win at Oregon State, right? They'll still be figuring things out at that point, but I think you still beat them. Yeah. Uh, you're definitely going to beat Arizona State. You're definitely going to beat Washington State. Go up to Salt Lake, win, easy. Then you come off a bye, go to uh, Tucson. That'll be a little bit harder um, than playing in front of the Musk, but I think you still win that one. You beat Cal, Colorado. And that gets you to 10 right there. Can we talk about how they have a bye, then Arizona, Cal, Colorado? That's basically a four-week bye. <laughs> they get a month off before playing UCLA and Notre Dame, their two hardest games. I don't know. I'm, I think 10 wins, anything below that is a disappointment, and I think they can definitely get there. However, okay. I just want to qualify make sure everybody knows, just because I'm taking the over on this doesn't mean that I am in on them as a national title contender. Okay. With this USC team, I think nine is the right number. I do think they're a little bit overhyped, but then I look at them, and they will have an incredible offense. Right. Their offense will be absolutely incredible. Whichever way you cut it, it, it's going to be good. Who has the defense to stop them, and who has the offense to compete if their defense cannot stop them? Rice? No. Stanford? No. Fresno State? Mm. Oregon State? Maybe. 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 Arizona State? No. Washington State? No. Utah? In all seriousness, yes. Arizona? No, Cal, no, Colorado, no, UCLA, maybe, no, Notre Dame, yes. I, I have them going 10-2, but I just, I don't trust USC to not drop a game. Not yet, just because their defense is so bad. I think 9 is the right number, but I think 8 is more likely than 10, than 10 so I'm going under. Um, interesting. I think that wraps it up for USC then. Mm-hmm. So you're on the under. Yeah, USC sucks. Okay. Uh, no, I'm just, they don't suck, but 8 is more likely than 10. All right, all right. Uh, let's move on then, shall we? Let's move to a team that is definitely on the Pacific Coast. Mm. And this is a team that is actually the farthest from the Pacific Coast you can get in the Pac-X. Mm-hmm. Yet they are still part of the conference for the time being. For the time being. For the time being. Mm-hmm. This is, obviously, we're talking about Colorado. Colorado. The Buffs, uh, which, by the way, that's a bucket list for me. Ralphie. The Ralphie run. Definitely Mm -hmm. want to see that at some point. 
anyway, Justin, take Colorado away and give us the time they were the most, I guess, nationally relevant. Have they ever been? Uh, 18th century, maybe. 19th century. Okay. Let's just say the last time that Colorado was relevant, they weren't even in the conference that we are previewing currently. Wow. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Their win total is set at three. <laughs> under. Under. No discussion. Colorado sucks. They're so bad. I cannot believe how they've let their program turn into so, like such a dumpster fire. There's only two possible wins on the schedule, and one of those is a dumb win. It's like a Pac-12 after dark win. So, under, 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 under. See, I have one win versus Utah to end the season. <laughs> and I think you have three toss-ups. Arizona State, Cal, at Arizona. There's no way you're winning all four of those. Arizona State's my dumb win. <laughs> yeah, so I think three is the absolute ceiling. Going under. Hard under. Hard under. Hard under. Now let's go... Let's go just a teensy-weensy bit west. Okay. A little bit closer to the Pacific Coast. You know, sometimes there's seagulls there. Mm. Let's go to Salt Lake City where <laughs> there's some certain scroots that play football. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, the last time they were nationally relevant, probably Urban Meyer days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, if you want to look a little bit more recent, they have been claiming national championships uh, before the season's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Lee Corso has crowned them the god of college football. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Do you remember in 2019 when they were like top four moving into championship weekend? What happened? Oregon beat them by like 30 points. It, it was an <laughs> absolute beatdown. It was embarrassing. <laughs> that was wonderful. That was the most beautiful thing. I just remember Jared and I were like sending each other texts. Or were we watching? I don't remember. We were talking somehow. And it was just the most beautiful thing in the world to watch Utah get its absolute, like, doors kicked in by the Oregon Ducks. Yep. I, uh, that weekend, I was in Indianapolis watching the Big Ten Championship game. And watching a Big Ten, Ohio State won, right? Watching Ohio State win a Big Ten Championship game, it just did not, it didn't match the joy that me and my dad and my brother were experiencing in this ratty hotel bedroom, watching Utah, top four team, all they had to do was win by one point, and they were going to the CFP, and they lost by like 40. It was amazing, and it just kept going. Like The second half was just touchdown after touchdown. Uh, that, was, that was awesome. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah, so uh, that, that, that's probably um, the last time they were nationally relevant. Um, I don't think that going to a Rose Bowl last year makes you nationally relevant because everybody forgot about you. Mm. And then the game happened and Utah had a chance. Probably should have won the game because Ohio State had to pull their heads out of their you-know-whats. Mm. And yet the, all the talk after that game was about C.J. Stroud and, or, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yep. So yep. <laughs> they couldn't even <laughs> move the needle there. Um Anyway, Justin, their over-under set at nine. Nine. Wildly high for a Utah team. What are you taking, over-under? As a BYU fan, under. Okay. As somebody who's trying to get these right, I'm going over. I do think this is a team that will likely go 11-1 this year. They have the potential to go 12-0, in my opi- my humble opinion. The, they might. Honestly, I, I think they'll lose a dumb game just because Utah often does do that. There might be another loss on the schedule, 
but I do not see them going as far down as eight wins. Nine is probably their floor. Give me the over. Okay. It's interesting. I have the under. Haven't even looked at the schedule yet. Uh, let's go through it, shall we? Do it. All right. At Florida. Mm. Playing in the swamp. That's an L. Southern Utah at home. Everybody sleeps on the Thunderbirds. I think they're going to have a good team this year. That's an L. Uh, San Diego State beat them last year. That's an L. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, at Arizona State, Sun Devils, Sparky. It's probably going to be 150 degrees in the shade that day. L. Uh, you go Oregon State at home. Oregon State has beaten Utah the last two years. L. Uh, they go to UCLA, the Rose Bowl. They lost there last time. They'll lose again. L. Uh, USC at home. Uh, that's a tough one, but a Trojan would definitely beat a... Uh, actually, I'm not going to go there because that's politically incorrect. Probably have that <laughs> mascot debate there. Uh, but I'm taking yeah. a Trojan in the mascot mashup. Trojan would definitely be able to hunt a bird. Yes. Yeah, the bird. The bird. That's yeah. what I was talking about. Yeah, of course. Um, so that's an L. By week, that's an L. It's got the by BYE is too close to BYU. That's an L. That's an L. Gotta be. Yep. Um, so right now we're looking at what is this? Zero and eight start the season. Yep. So you're not going bowling. Nope. Let's see if they can pick up you know a couple momentum moving wins. Um, at Washington State, the Palouse. It's a cooler name than Salt Lake City. That's an L. Uh, Arizona at home. Uh, best one in eleven team ever that they're facing. Yep. Best two and eleven team. Two and ten team. Uh, L. Uh, you get Stanford at home. Uh, Tanner McKee, he's an RM. Scripture power. There you go. That's an L. You go to Oregon. Obvious. That's an L. Oregon wants revenge from last year yep. when they just didn't show up. Um, and at Colorado to finish, Ralphie will just run all over him. So I think Utah's looking at an 0-13 season this year. Wow. Yeah. Um, don't know how that'll happen. Oh, yeah, they lost they the bye week. week. Yeah, That's it. Lost. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, lost yeah. Practice. It was a bad week of practice. Bad bad week of practice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, don't look for Utah to turn any heads this year unless they're turning the wrong kind of heads. Kyle Winningham, hot seat. <laughs> okay, so that's an under for Jared. Let's move a little north. We are now moving to the Pac-X North. All right. Uh, the first team we have on here. Uh, like we said, this is the Scripture Power team. <laughs> Standiford. Uh, we stole their best player by far in Houston Haymuli, mm-hmm. um, who probably touched the ball once in his entire time there. Uh, maybe twice. That's bad on them for not utilizing him. Yeah, honestly, he dumb. Is, how dumb. As they say these days, an absolute unit. Yeah. Uh, Stanford, when was the last time they were nationally relevant? <sighs> Stanford. Well, are, are we talking Olympic sports or football? Just football. Just football. Okay, so never. <laughs> also, I guess in 2015, when they had Taysom Hill chronically injured disease, Christian McCaffrey mm. at running back. He was, like, kind of good, I guess. I don't know. They actually won the Pac-X Whoa. and the Rose Bowl in 2015. Whoa. Since then, they've absolutely fallen off a cliff. Yeah, they so have. They should. Cliff diving competition. Stanford might win it. Oh, that's the last time they were nationally relevant. They, they don't even need their cliff diving team National to win it. National cliff diving competition 2022. Yep, but with the football team. Exactly. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, this team's over under set four and a half. Mm-hmm. So obviously everyone's very high on this team. Oh, yeah. Uh, what are you taking over under? Looking at the Stanford team, they have a great quarterback in Tanner McKee. I actually do think McKee will be a good quarterback. The rest of the team just isn't there. Mm-hmm. The rest of the team is bad. 
I have them winning two games, to be honest, with a toss-up. You know, mm. So, so a okay. ceiling of three wins. But I just don't see Stanford losing that many games. I, I don't know what it is. Really? I do think just... I, dude, I don't know. Their schedule is hard. Their schedule is a son of a gun. So, mm-hmm. if anything, that's the only reason I'm taking the under. If they had a semi-decent schedule this year, I'd probably take the over. So, but just, uh, I guess, yeah, give me the under. All right. Um, I only see two wins on here as well. Uh, Colgate, toothpaste, obviously. Who yeah. can't beat a Pete the toothpaste? A tube of toothpaste. Could. We could all beat tubes of toothpaste, probably. Mm-hmm. Unless you had to get all the toothpaste out, then that'll take a little bit of work. That will, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you think you win at Utah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Arizona State at home and at Cal, two toss-ups. But even if you win all four of those games, like, still four. Yeah. It's going under. It's still four. Yep, it's going under. It is. Yeah. Although, they did beat Oregon last year, which kind of raises my eyebrow hugely because I bet you they're not going to go to the over at all. No. But they're probably going to steal a game Somewhere. Somewhere. Right? Of course I will. Yeah. Like, home against Oregon State, or like, I don't know, Washington State at home. They're going to win some weird game that they definitely shouldn't. Yeah. That's just the Stanford way. That is the Stanford way. That's that's what it's like being a treat. Yeah. Dude, I played, victory. I played mascot matchup the other day on NCAA, because I was just feeling it. I don't know why. I never play that, but I did. <laughs> and I was the Western Kentucky Blobs, and I played the Stanford Trees, Bad news, bro. They're tall. They're brutal. I couldn't see shiz, dude. <laughs> like the running, the running lanes were just non-existent. I had to throw the ball every time because I couldn't see anything. <laughs> the trees was always there. So yeah, they do have that going for them. Run through a forest. It literally. Uh, let's move on, shall we? <laughs> let's move up the coast to Berkeley, where we have the Cal Bears. The Cal Bears. Their win total is set at um, non-existent. I think. <laughs> Zero. We're probably going to win zero games or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> whoops, I'm on the wrong page. Cal's win total is set at five and a half, which is egregiously high in my opinion. But when was the last time Cal was nationally relevant? Uh, I actually looked this up on Google. Oh. And this is literally the answer that Google spat out at me. Okay. October 21st, 2006. Okay. Marshawn Lynch took a golf cart for a ride around the probably completely empty stadium. Mm. Cool. Super cool. Google has spoken. October 21st, 2006. I will say the last time Cal was nationally relevant in my mind, 2015. The mm. video game year 2015. When I won my second straight national championship with mm. Cal on NCAA 13. True. True. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. So there you have it, actually. Mm-hmm. It was a couple months ago, but in 2015. Yep. On Justin's. PS2, PS3, PS3. Mm-hmm. There we go. Last time they were nationally relevant was on a video game. So, uh, will they be nationally relevant this year? Absolutely not. Uh, win total five and a half, hundred and tenth in returning production. They went five and seven last year. No idea how they won five games. Uh, they beat a lot of teams that they shouldn't have. They beat USC, Oregon State, Stanford, Colorado. Who? Huh? Huh? Uh, but yeah, no, they're only two wins. Are going to be UC Davis and UNLV. You might beat Arizona at home. You might win at Colorado, and you might beat Stanford at home. But even then, you're still only at five. Give me that under. Dude, I'm slamming the under, too. I honestly don't think that Cal can recover. Their recruiting has been awful. Their returning production is awful. They won't even have a football program in a couple years here. Cal is just giving up. I'm slamming the under on this one. The Golden Bears, more like the Golden 
pears. Exactly, the golden pears. <laughs> ready to be eaten by all the other mascots. You know what my favorite thing is? Mm-hmm. I heard that they call fat people pears because of the body shape sometimes. Okay. As a fat person, I think that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that It fits golden pears because they're fat, fat L. Ooh. They're going to be taking so many fat L's. They're just the golden pears. Got them. Got them. Uh, we will say thank you to Cal for Chris Brooks. Yeah. I think he will be very helpful this year. Shout out to Chris Brooks. We love you. Even when you were at Cal. We loved Cal when you were at Cal. But now that you're not at Cal, we hate Cal. Cal sucks. And we love you. Golden pears. Yep. There we go. Mm-hmm. There we go. All right. Uh, let's move farther west slash north. We're, we're finally getting to the coast. Yes, finally to the coast. Um, this team was one of my favorite teams growing up solely because of their uniforms. Mm-hmm. You all know who we're talking about. We're talking about the Oregon Duckley Lings. And uh, the last, last time they were nationally relevant, I think, was 2014. We're seeing a theme here. Lots of 2014s for the, pack, <laughs> for the Pac-X. The Pac-X has not been relevant for almost a decade, eight years. Uh, but that's when they beat famous Jameis in the Rose Bowl. Mr. Crablegs himself. Remember when he had that hilarious fumble backwards that was... Ret- no clue what that was. That was amazing. That was absolutely wonderful. Um, but then they went on and they played the Ohio State Buckeyes National Championship and lost 42-20. to 20. Not Lost bad. by three touchdowns. That's the closest they've ever gotten to national relevance is losing by three touchdowns in the National Championship game. Yeah. Jerseys are cool. I I agree. They are cool. They do have cool jerseys. They're pretty cool, though. I will say, I feel like they've fallen off a little bit recently. They have, honestly. You know? Yeah. Like, I feel like five years ago was kind of the peak. Like, yeah. Chip Kelly, Mark Helfrich, the Marcus Mariota era. I don't know. Apparently, they're coming out with a pink uniform this year that they're going to wear in October, though. Oh. Hey, so, I'm down for that. That'd be, that'd be pretty sick. I, I do like having Oregon as kind of just that team that just does whatever they want with uniforms, yeah. right? No tradition whatsoever. Their no tradition colors. is not having a tradition. Yep, exactly. So, I like that. Oh, they also said that fans are going to wear yellow to the BYU game. So, I assume the uniform would be something yellow. But, if you're going to the Oregon game like we are, wear royal blue because that'll pop. It better be royal. They better not do navy. If they do navy versus Dude. the highlighter yellow... That'll look so bad. The dark color versus the bright color? No. Do a bright royal. Yes. And the royal, and it's not like the royal would, I feel like white, if you wear white, that's probably worst case scenario, right? Yeah. Because white and yellow, like at the flash, you know, in your peripherals, you could get those confused. But if you wear royal against that highlighter yellow, you're fine. It's going to be beautiful. You're cruising. It'll be absolutely gorgeous to watch on television. Uh, Anyway, let's get back to the over-under, shall we? Yeah. Their win total set at nine. Mm. On this one... I'm going to have to take the over. Oh. It's the first over I'm taking in quite some time. <laughs> I do think nine wins is the floor for this team. They're going to take an L versus Georgia. They are going to take an L versus Utah and an automatic 100% L versus BYU Week 3. Other than that, I do think they might be able to sneak a game here or there. Maybe they sneak the Georgia game. Well, I don't think they will. Maybe they sneak the Utah game. I don't know. I'm just going to go with the over on this one because it's just a principal thing. I've bet too many under so far. <laughs> You gotta have it mathematically balanced out somehow, right? Exactly. Um, he, I have two L's for sure, right? Okay. Versus yeah. versus Georgia. Shout out to the SEC, moving twenty miles to play a neutral site game. Yeah, in Atlanta. Yep, in Atlanta. That's huge. Just it means so much more there. Good oh my for gosh. You. Good for you. Let's just pucker up. Um. Anyway, definitely losing a BYU to BYU. Yep. Not even gonna be close. Other than that, I don't see another L. Um, I think the there is a toss-up towards the end of the season. Um, it's not the second-to-last game as 
you might be thinking it's the last one at Oregon State. Mm. Civil War is that always is always a toss tight. Up. Oregon State's going to be much improved this year. I think that one's going to be close. Also, it's probably going to be super foggy. Foggy best uniform matchup in all of sports besides BYU Utah with the Royal and the Crimson. Second one, Oregon State. Oregon. Mm-hmm. When they do like highlighter green or yellow versus the orange. Oh. You can barely see it because it's foggy. All you see is like the reflections off of the uniforms. Yep. Perfect. Gorgeous. Absolutely but wonderful. I'm also taking the over here. I think it's going to take a while for Dan Lanning's offense to kind of latch on because they're going to be the opposite from the Marcus Mariota Oregon teams. Right. Yeah. It's they're going to be a gonna defense be, first team. Yes. Defense first. Very physical. Ground and pound. They're not going to be running a play every five seconds. like, And I think that's going to take a while to catch on, especially with like fans and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it will eventually catch on. And I think by the end of the season, Oregon will be in a stride. So I am also taking the over. Give me that over. Nine's the floor for these guys. Let's head on over to Corvallis. Corvallis, Oregon, our boys at Oregon State who knew that they were getting relegated to the Mountain West, so they blew up their stadium at the <laughs> beginning of this year. Shout out to them. Last time they were nationally relevant was in 2012 when they beat BYU in Provo, 42-24. to Ouch. That was kind of lame. And officially started the black jersey curse that would eventually claim the life of one Taysom Hill. Rest in pieces. So shout out to Oregon State for that. Uh, so yeah, 2012, a full decade ago. Nice. That's a little a little earlier than the other Pac-12 teams. Yeah. Uh, their win total is set at six. Give me this over. Oh, this is the hardest. Oh, this is the hardest I am slamming any of these teams besides Utah, obviously. Um, give me that over. As I've kind of chronicled, I am going all in on certain teams. Right. Right. Nebraska, uh, Texas, the Pac-12 or Pac-X. Oregon State, baby. Oregon State. Give me them beads. The Every damn day. Like the the chainsaws they yep. play when they score. Mm-hmm. I just, I need that in my life. I need to move to Corvallis and become an Oregon State fan just for that. And then after two losing seasons, I can move back to Provo. But <laughs> I'm all in on this team. I look at the schedule. The only for sure L, I think, is USC. Okay. Right? I think you can win the rest of them. They do have... Uh, an interesting um, preview into the future, right? Because they play two Mountain West schools yeah. to start the season. That'll get them prepared for when they move to the Mountain West in a couple years. Uh, they get Boise at home. Huge they get it at home. And then they go to Fresno. But I think you can win both of those. And then your hardest games after that, obviously USC at home. And you get Washington State at home. That could be interesting. Yeah. You go to Washington. I, a tough one. I think you probably have a good chance in that one. And then, like we said, at the end, Oregon, that's a toss-up because they get it in Corvallis. But give me that over. I think eight is way more probable than six. Seven, still way more probable than six. So give me that over. Give me the over, too. I'm Let's a big go. believer in this Oregon State team. I do think that it is time that they bounce back. I was going to say six wins is the most likely, but then I remembered. Kalani Satake used to coach at Oregon State. Instant yep. one-game bump for the Kalani <laughs> Satake effect. Even though Kalani Satake is not there, you still get the effect added to your team. That takes them to seven. Over, baby. Yep. Let's go, dude. The Beavs. The Beavs. I'm high on the Beavs. The um, next up, we have Washington. Washington. And this is not the Commanders. Sorry, Daniel. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, no, we're talking about UW of Seattle. 
They have a very cool stadium, Husky Stadium, right on the sound there. Yep. Uh, it's very cool. It's pretty cool. It's also, I don't know when the last time they measured, but last time I checked, it was the loudest college stadium, according to recorded decibels. Oh. So that's cool. I don't know if that's probably not the case anymore, but that's what the last measurement I could find was. Anyway, last time they were national really relevant. Get this. You could say 2016 when they made the CFP, but... It's still Washington. Still Washington the loudest? In 1992. All right. They should probably update that. It's been 30 years. No, it's as of 2021, but oh, 1992 is when the record is It's still the loudest one. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, anyway, so nationally relevant for uh, Washington, besides in 1992 when you recorded the highest college football sound stadium thing... Yep. Um, you could say 2016 because they did make the CFP. However, if you don't count beating up on West Coast lowlifes, surviving the brutal non-con of Portland State, Idaho, and Rutgers, and then losing to Alabama 24-7 to in the Peach Bowl, which I think we can both say we don't count that. No. Right? Uh, then it's probably 2000, a full 22 years ago, when they finished the season 11-1 and under Rick Neuheisel. Oh, haven't heard that name in a while. That name in a while. And they beat, guess who in the Rose Bowl? Who? Purdue. <laughs> does that even count? Uh, beat Purdue? Unfortunately, it does. No, it but, definitely doesn't count. But yeah, okay. For We, we won't count it. We're doesn't, not counting it. It doesn't count. Uh, but yeah, that was the last time they were nationally relevant. So good job, Washington. Uh, 22 years overdue, maybe, for a chance at a comeback. Seven and a half over under. What are you taking? I am taking my mortgage out. Okay. Getting all the money I can possibly have, taking all of my savings out. Okay. Taking out loans. I think I know where this is going. To put it on the over. What? Wow. The over. I really think this is a good team. You know, the statistics suggest that this will be a bounce back year for Washington. Last year was just a weird year. Yep. It was just an absolutely weird year for them. They had a rough start. They were competitive in all of their losses. Losing to some FCS team. AFCS team. Yep. So Washington definitely struggled, but I do think this will be a bounce back year. They have a favorable non-con schedule with Kent State at home, Portland State at home, and Michigan State at home. Not very high on Michigan State this year. So I think they might start off 3-0. And then they get Stanford, UCLA, Arizona State, Arizona, Cal. Their first hard game in like in Pac-X play isn't until like week 10. Week 10 or week 11. They have a very favorable schedule this year. They avoid they avoid USC. They avoid Utah. They don't even their cross divisional draw is garbage. So I think they are reaching the over. I wouldn't be surprised if this team gets to nine. Wins. Wow, Justin. See, I am taking the over as well. I thought I was gonna be the one dissenting from the group. Oh, okay. Because uh Michael Penis or oh. <clears throat> Phoenix, sorry, uh Junior from Indiana. Uh I, I can I think I speak for all of us when we say we're not exactly high on no, him. No. Right? However, we did reach out for a cool touchdown though. Yes. I'll give him that. And that was Boys. that like was that um was that's that what 20, started the 2020 20, chaos. 2020. Yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah, started yeah. the 2020 chaos. Yes. I remember watching that in my backyard and just chills. And I'm like, did Indiana just beat Penn State? What? <laughs> yes, they did. That man. really did. It kicked off the 2020 chaos. Um, but yeah, I'm also pretty high on this team. Like you said, very favorable. I think the hardest game on their schedule is at Oregon. Um, you go to UCLA. That I think that's a toss-up. Michigan State at home. 
we have no idea, you know, how these two teams are going to be early in the season. That's a yeah. toss-up. And then to end the season going to Washington State, I think you probably win. I don't know. That one's a toss-up for me as well. Even so, you're still at eight wins right there, and I think that's a floor. So I'm also taking the over. All right. Last up in our Pac-X docket, we've reached all the way to the bottom of the barrel, and we have found Washington State. They're still in there? They're still there. They had an interesting year last year firing their head coach for some reasons that are controversial to many. Yes. So BYU beat up on them last year, which, you know, (laughs) shout out to Washington State for that. Beat up by two. But of all of the teams in the Pac-X, they are the most recently nationally relevant. Whoa! Clap it up! 2019. Let's go! Their head coach, Mike Leach, spoke about the mascot hierarchy in the Pac-X. It's a beautiful clip. If you haven't seen it, you must watch it. Yeah, it went viral all over the place. It is a beautiful clip. That's the last time they were nationally relevant. So I think that makes Washington State the best team historically in the Pac-X. I, I agree, actually, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's unfortunate that their most nationally relevant uh, occurrence includes uh, someone that is no longer in the program. Yeah, that kinda, kind of is a big rest in peace. Yeah, that sucks for them. However, uh, let's get into the over-under, shall we? Yep. Over-under of five. What are you taking? Under. Under? I'm okay. going under on this team. I do not think they can get to six wins. I think four is a lot more likely than six. I do think that they will win five games, but they're non-con. They got at Wisconsin. Why would you schedule that? They have Idaho. They have Colorado State. That's a couple wins. But then they do draw Oregon in the cross-divisional. They go, or sorry, they, they play Oregon and they draw USC in the cross-divisional. They have to go to Corvallis. They draw Utah in the cross-divisional. Have to go to Stanford. Have to go to Arizona. This is not a very favorable schedule. I think it works out for four wins. All right. Um, this team did show a little bit of promise last year. Now, they only returned 50% of production, which is bottom 15 in college football. However, they do get transfer quarterback Cameron Ward from Incarnate Ward. Yes, they do. Word. Um O-line and running backs are a little bit suspect, but the defense should be okay. And their new head coach, um, the defensive coordinator from last year, Jake Dicker, if I remember correctly is his name, uh, he's taken over. He's a defensive guy. I'm actually, I think I believe in this team. I'm not as high in them as I am in, well, that was like the weirdest words that came out of my mouth. It it, it Um, happened. But I'm not as high on them as I am on Oregon State. However, I do think I'm going to take the over here. Now, the beginning of their schedule, absolutely brutal, right? You get Idaho, Colorado State, and Cal. Those are all wins at home. But you go to Wisconsin. You get Oregon at home. You go to USC, to Oregon State. You're definitely starting the season four and three, or three and four, yeah. right? And you're yeah. going to have to fight your way back. However, I don't know if I see another loss on the schedule. Oh, Utah at home. At Stanford, Arizona State at home, at Arizona, and then Washington. Washington is definitely the hardest game of that stretch. Um, but I think they can win five, maybe four of those last games. I think they get to six, maybe seven wins. So I'm going to take the over here. Okay. So we've gone through the north. We've gone through the south. The divisions don't mean a dang thing other than for scheduling. Nice. Dan's top two teams mm. are Oregon and Utah. What? So it is, you know, cross-divisional. He has a cross-divisional championship, okay. and he has Utah, or sorry, he has Oregon winning that 
Pack X Championship. Mm, a revenge game for a last revenge year. Revenge game. Who mm. do you have, Jared? Uh, so I'm going to go with Usk and Argon. Usk. Usk. I'm and going with Argan. USC. Now, I would like to make this abundantly clear to everyone. Just because I'm picking USC to win 10 games and go to the Pac-12 championship game, I do not think they're going to be a world beater. I just think because the Pac-12 sucks, Pac-X, excuse me, sucks, they are going to beat the majority of the teams they play. Same with Oregon. I don't think they're going to be that good. They're going to lose to BYU. They're going to lose to Georgia. Lose to BYU by 50 at home. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to be like nationally a great team, but they'll be top 20, top 25, just because they beat up on a bunch of low lives like Utah and Arizona and Cal, all in the same breath there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm thinking those two. And I think the winner is going to be Oregon. Oregon. And give it to me. Actually, I don't like that pick. The more I say it, the more I don't like it, because I was going over this in my pre-show notes. I don't like picking Oregon, but I'm going to do it just because our jerseys are cooler than USC. And also, like, the odds that Lincoln Riley wins the Pac-12 his first year in. It is the Pac-X. It is the Pac-X, but I don't know. I don't like either of them, but I'm going to go with Oregon just because of the jersey bump. So, And it would make BYU look good, so maybe that's why I'm doing it. Okay. So I have Utah as my first place team in Yikes. the Pack X. You know, just trying to be a little unbiased here. You know, otherwise they'd be 0 and 13 with an L in the bye week. Yep. My second place team. See, this is where it becomes interesting. I think Oregon and Washington will both have one Pack X loss. Okay. It's going to be interesting, but then they play each other. So who wins that game? Is I'm it? I'm looking at it. It's kind of an interesting thing. It's at Oregon. It's at Autzen Stadium. So because of that, I'm going to hedge my bets. Nice. The first time I hedge my bets on the podcast. I'm going Washington, second place, but Oregon somehow (laughs) winning the Pac-X championship game. But you have U.S. No, no, no. Utah Utah and Washington in the Pac-X championship. Yes. But Oregon winning the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Can I just like... Rewind to 2020. Yeah, when it was USC and Washington in the Pac-12 championship game, and Oregon won the Pac-12. Yeah, it's That's not far fetched. It's happened. <laughs> it's not far fetched whatsoever. No, it's happened before. History repeats itself. That's what they say, you know. History does repeat itself. Uh, I think that's an interesting pick. I really do. Okay. Uh, I would like to give you my value pick. Okay. Your value pick. Yes. Let's hear it. So. Here are the odds for the conference championship race. Okay. I find these really interesting. Um, USC and <laughs> are tied 210, plus 210. Okay. Right? To win the conference. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. To win the conference. Then you got Oregon at plus 300. Then you got UCLA at plus 800. Oh. Washington State at plus 1600. Oh, my. And then Arizona State and Oregon State at 3500. Give me Oregon State. Okay. Plus 3,500. I like that. That's my value pick. I like that. Obviously, that's not a pick that you're going to go out and lay a bunch of money on. But if you have an extra unit or two laying around, I would go ahead and sniff that thing because they're kind of like the TCU of the Pac-X this year. They're right under the radar. They have sneaky, a ton of returning production, a good head coach. They have a pretty good quarterback in Chance Nolan. He's a super good dual threat quarterback. That's my sleeper pick. All right. 
That's your sleeper pick, huh? Yeah. What are the odds for Washington, though? Washington's plus 1,600, so basically twice as good. I think that would be an incredible pick. I'm not going to switch it, though. I think Oregon is still a value pick. You get them at plus, what was it, 300? Plus 300, that's still an incredible value pick. Of course, we're just putting cheeses down on this. We're not putting actual money down. Of course. Or our wives would probably ring us by the neck. (laughs) So, um, yeah, but if if that's what you're into, play some cheeses on things. Yeah, go ahead. We will be placing cheats at some things. It'll be it'll be a, a nice little value pick. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that wraps it up for the Pack X. Do you yeah. have any uh, parting notes or thoughts? Parting notes is that the Pack X is a poverty conference that mm. did not invite BYU because it was prejudiced and because it was so like obsessed with itself, narcissistic, it, narcissistic exactly. And because of that, they have caused their own downfall. They will not invite any G five teams because the Pack X presidents will just not allow them to do it. Because the only options are San Diego Community College and Boise Community College. So, PacX is going to die. Klyovkov, you're a cheese it face monger McDumbnut. Cheese it is maybe I too good. I just want to punch you. Sorry. White cheddar cheese it oh, face. Terrible. Nut. I'm going to punch you in the face with, uh, you know, verbally the next time I see you. <laughs> Yes, which is next Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, of course. You know, I always have lunch with George Klyovkov just so I can tell him how dumb he is. He needs yep. me to humble him every once in a while. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's part of his narcissism therapy. Yeah, exactly. Um, here's my parting thoughts. Cheez-Its are good. They are? They're good food. They are? If I had Cheez-Its, I would lay a substantial bet. I would put many Cheez-Its, which I, are good and I like. I would put a substantial number... On the Pac-12 collapsing before the new CFP format is announced in 2025 or oh, yeah, absolutely. yeah. I think they survive until the CFP thing runs out, and then it's over for them. Okay. It's over. Yep. They're going to try and hold it 10 teams. Maybe them collapsing you know, includes them scrambling for San Diego State and Boise State. But honestly, at that point, I, I don't know. I just don't see it happening. I see Oregon, Washington, Cal, and Stanford leaving for the Big Ten. Four corner schools going to the Big 12 before the Pac-12 expands well enough to keep themselves afloat. And rest in peace, Oregon State and Washington State. Two programs with some history that deserve to be at a Power 5 level, in my opinion, but I do not think we'll make it because they just do not have the markets. Yeah, and here's the saddest part of that for me. You're going to lose the Apple Cup and the Civil War. Yep. Those are two of my absolutely favorite rivalries. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. I I, I think the Pac-X gets a bad rap for being a horrible conference. Yeah. Deserve, deservedly. Deservedly. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, but there are some rivalries that I really enjoy. Yeah. Cal-Stanford, basically a toilet bowl rivalry for it's rivalry. Good. That's yeah. a good. That's It's a good one. That's a history. The Apple Cup, obviously. Great one. Civil War, one of the best. Um, the Holy War, right, with Utah, but all, Utah's too stuck up to play us every year. Yep. Play Florida. <laughs> Two Florida. It's not bucket list at all. It's USC, UCLA, of course. One of the That's another one of the greatest color matchups. Yep, all the, time. The powder blue and the gold versus the yellow and red. Oh, it's, it's incredible. That's a good one. That's a good one. And then USC actually knows what crimson is. Utah yes. claims to have crimson. No. USC actually knows what it is and wears it. Yeah, yeah. No, Utah, you're, you're not crimson. No, 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 no. No. Uh, and then lastly, the Territorial Cup between Arizona State and Arizona. That's one that sneaky like goes under the radar because one of those two teams is never any good, right? Yeah. yeah. It's actually a really fun game to watch. Like, it is. 
you Arizona State beat him like seventy to zero the other year, and the Arizona head coach got fired like minutes after the game. Like that's wild. It's incredible. And it was like the first Chinese college football player ever with his name on the back of his jersey in Chinese scored touchdown in the game. Yeah, it's wild. That's sick. So. That that's our saving grace. We've made fun of the Pack X this entire episode. There at the very end, 120 minutes into this. <laughs> just kidding, it's not that long, but a long way into this. There you go. Okay. Pack twelve has good rivalries. I'll give you that, Pack X. Good rivalries and cool names for the rivalries. Yes. Very true. Very mm-hmm. true. Not not lame stuff. Not lame trophies like the Big Ten has. <laughs> the, the Illibuck. The, yeah, the Illibuck. <laughs> the Illibuck trophy. That's great. Oh um, my goodness. College football is in need of saving. It is. I, th- I think we can say that. The rivalries and the traditions, I, they're in dire need of assistance. Only one team can save it. BYU. Brigham Young University. If we win a national championship, everything will be right with the world. Yeah. We'll go back to 1984. Yeah. One of the peaks of college football. And we'll just reset the whole thing. Targeting is no longer a rule. Um, BYU's in the whack. BYU's in the whack. WAC's got 16 members. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Um, I don't know. Rivalries are the best part of college football. Yeah. There's no playoff committee. No. BCS is in there either. Yep. I don't know. Incredible. It's a thought. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. The forward pass is just being popularized. Mm-hmm. BYU is the only one that really does it. That would be huge. That's a good one. That's huge. National relevance, baby. Hawaii had a decent team. Yeah. They also had that weird field that looked like it was plastic. Yeah. Probably was plastic. Yeah, honestly. It's probably like weird plastic carpet. I mean, that's just what AstroTurf is. Yeah. They, they just, just had plastic carpet. AstroTurf. Yeah. yeah. Uh, should we get out of here? <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are so happy that you joined us for this Pac-X preview and for some BYU fall camp talk. If you enjoyed the episode, please make sure to leave a five-star review, share it with your friends, and download. Please give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal2RoyalPod, where you will find a lot of fun and interactive content, and you will be able to participate more with this beautiful, beautiful community that we have been building you are all so wonderful students of the game of college football. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, now. Bye-bye. Do you think anybody was listening for the last ten minutes? No, we're just, <laughs> we're just burnt out right now. Your mom commented like that thing that we said. Like, yeah. If you've listened this far, your mom commented, so. <laughs> she listens. Love you, mom. <laughs>